This is A Voice, a podcast with Dr. Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher. This is A Voice. Hello and welcome to part two of AMA, I don't know which part we're even on now, SOVT AMA part two, part two. Yes, we got so excited <laughs> when we were recording that we had to split this up into uh, two podcasts so that yep. it, uh, you can really digest the information that you're going to get. And we're so pleased to have you. So, I mean, this, 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 yes, this is technically <laughs> our fourth podcast with this combination. We have a lot of fun on this. Yeah. So, on with questions. I want to go to. Jan's question. And in fact, um, Jan and Lindsay had a very similar one. Jan said, could you clarify what's meant by athletic vocal vocal exercises, please? Oh, yes. And can someone give me an example or two of athletic vocal goals that we might use straw work to help us achieve, please? Yes, because she wasn't sure, was she, whether mm. it meant um, agility. Yeah. And we yeah. thought that... Yeah, and I, I actually want Lind- <laughs> I want Lindsay to I want to read Lindsay's question because it's linked, mm. and she mm-hmm. said to follow on from Jan's Facebook question: Does the term athletic encompass agility work when it comes to straw resistance, or would you be looking at three areas: mm. therapeutic bubble work, athletic high resistance sustain exercises, mm. and agility lower resistance flexibility exercises? Ooh, that is very interesting. Question. Yes, nice job, yes. Lindsay. Okay, yeah. Oren. Yes, I would classify uh, under those three. Good, that was yes, a short yes. answer. I yes, uh, there we go. Done. Next question. No, she so- got it. She got it. Well done, Lindsay. Yes, it's because, um, and actually, I, I, we probably didn't have enough time on Saturday, but that was kind of demonstrated in the overall map um, of the components. Mm. And so, the classification for me for uh, for like an athletic based exercise is I use it kind of like to describe the the general voice building activity overall, as opposed to something that is a maintenance activity, um, which the kind of therapeutic would fall under. Mm. Um, and so it would, the, I think the principal differences would, would be the way you apply the straws. For instance, if you're just using them out of water and you've just got the DC back pressure, that I would classify as voice building and more athletic because it is a consistent loading. Whereas on the AC with the alternating, I would probably classify that more therapeutic because of that massage-like effect. Okay, we need to unpack that because for people who weren't on the course... Just remind them I just want to just break down AC and DC, and it sort of comes from electrical currents. Uh, if you think of we're D- not giving away your course, by the way, Oren. This is we're drawing people <laughs> no, this into is, it. Absolutely, <laughs> this is good. This is um, public knowledge. <laughs> so, alternating current AC. Imagine that you are you have your straw in water, and you can actually do this uh, if you want to. You know, pause the podcast and go and get a bottle of water and a straw. Um, put uh, take the straw out of the water and blow down it, and you have a continuous flow. Mm-hmm. When you put mm-hmm. the straw into water, because you have the water there, and that's a different body. What you get is bubbles, and what the bubbles are is a blow of air and then a bounce back that stops the flow of air and allows the bubble out, and then it bounces down again and bounces back and bounces down and bounces back, and that's why bubbles are formed in water. That's the um, Mm -hmm. alternating current, uh, which is said because you're getting this 
slight change of back pressure when you're doing the straw in water. It massages the vocal folds more effectively than a direct current, which just goes straight out. Yeah. Can I just, uh, because I don't know what you think about this, um, Oren, in terms of athleticism (laughs) um, and therapeutic, I'm thinking about maybe sort of older voices um, Mm. who maybe somebody who doesn't speak very much and their voice is getting a little bit weak um, and they want to sort of rebuild. I think that maybe doing something quite athletic but in water would be helpful, same as it would be for someone who has um, yeah. chronic obstructive, obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, mm. that, yeah. you know, and then they're beginning to sustain and they're beginning to really get the breathing system working more efficiently. Mm. I mean, can yes. they, they, they can complement each other, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is why I think having that... Um, component-based approach is better because you can look at the, the the essentially the task you want to achieve and you can go okay taking you know taking this voice into account yes we want to build some of that strength and athleticism back into it but we need to be a little bit careful to not overdo things and have that kind of still the benefits of that massage and so it would be very much a matter of right in water is going to be really beneficial. What other components can I tag onto this to assist? It might be that you need to play about with the straw size and length and diameter because, yes, the the water is going to be providing the resistance, but the diameter and length of the straw is also going to determine uh, how long the air spends in that tube interacting with all of the properties of that tube um, and and all this kind of stuff. And so, yes, I would absolutely say it's a modular approach. It is somebody that wants to kind of do that for, let's just take the example of, of COPD, for instance. Mm. Um, there are There's a lot of COPD-based interventions out there currently, which are not too dissimilar to straw phonation based interventions Mm -hmm. except they almost do it on the reverse a lot of copd stuff is um inspiratory pressures oh it's not Um, in breath yes and so there's there's actually if anybody's interested in the uh, copd side of things there's a a cool device called a power breathe Mm -hmm. um which is it's just like a canister that with like a mouthpiece that you put your mouth around um and they have them set to different inspiratory resistances so it's not good for phonation this Mm. is purely breathing at this point Mm. um and they're relatively high resistance and you you kind of do different inhalation based exercises to train the respiratory muscles Mm. so in in that kind of comparison i would say definitely with water to give you a greater variability of resistance whilst kind of having that ease of the massage probably you might want to even look at something that's just a little bit narrower on the straw, just so it gives you um, a kind of a tighter flow regime. So the air isn't just so spread out within the straw that it can turbulate and bounce around and interact. You kind of want something that is relatively, you know, straightforward Mm. um, and potentially then replicate some of those uh, inspiratory muscle, uh, inspiratory respiratory exercises, but on the out breath. Mm. So it will be puffs 
of air yes. that just you know you just displace the water quite rapidly yep. um and give a nice little we're working out kind of like a little boost of workout intermittently yes. as opposed to something that's heavily loaded and consistent yeah so mm. it's a bit like interval training and yeah. some pioneering work has been done on this by the singing for lung, lung health, health. Um, mm. project and has been continued by our colleague Feeney cave yes um, which i think is the musical breath and we hope to have her as a guest sometime don't we jeremy we do um, I also want to go to the second bit of that, which is the agility, because mm. I know when this question came up and I looked at it and I thought the thing about athleticism and agility is that for me, they don't go together as a voice trainer. They don't go together because mm. in order to sing runs really well, we actually need to back off pressure. Mm. We don't need mm. as loud a volume. And that's mm. partly because I think where the eye can see things that move, particularly the, the um, oh dear, I'm going to, I'm going to annoy the sexist people now, but the male brain is geared towards seeing movement and the female brain is geared towards seeing color. A lot of research done on that. Okay. But hey, if people want to throw stuff at me, that's fine. The point <laughs> is that you can see movement much more easily than I'm you not can. Here. No, it's all right, Julian. You can see <laughs> movement more easily than you can see static. So movement attracts your attention. Mm -hmm. Likewise, for me, with hearing, a voice that moves attracts my attention more than a voice that just stays in one place. Um, and therefore, when you're doing a run, you want to back off the volume, which makes your voice easier to move, and then mm -hmm. come back onto the volume when you hit the top note mm -hmm. or the bottom note. And, um, you know, I sing runs a lot. And I'm constantly back off the pressure when I hit the run and then come back on when I hit the arrival yeah. note. I mean, too much pressure, even mm. if you're in CCM singing and you're riffing and in classical singing as well. If, if your pressure's too high, mm. you, you get... You can't move. You get lumpy runs. Lumpy is runs. There is it. nothing worse than having lumpy <laughs> runs. I was a sufferer of lump, lumpy yeah. runs when I was a young singer. <laughs> I know all about them. Okay. Um, um, but what's interesting, even actually st still on, on this um, agility topic, is we I think we've spoken about it before as well. That is then complementary to a shorter, um, less resistance configuration of a straw. Um, because mm -hmm. what you're doing then is you're, yes, you're providing a little bit of back pressure, mm -hmm. but not too much that when you move between these notes, you're not kind of displacing the balance because the, the 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 pressure of the straw is too high yes. but then also um the shorter the straw you the 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 sounds the acoustic energy spends less time propagating and bouncing around within that chamber so it get it's less um confused by the other notes that are then interacting with that chamber and yeah. so you get a, a greater clarity of sound Love yes that. well that makes very good sense yeah. because potentially we have a different set of harmonics with each pitch yep. mm. yeah okay cool loving that all right where are we going next um i just <laughs> want to go um we might actually end up splitting this podcast into two again um can I have I've, a cup of tea in between? Yep. Yeah. I want to go to Jackie Harrison, um, and she oh, gave she's on us speak a pipe. speak pipe. So this is Jackie. It's Jackie Harrison. Hi, Jeremy, Julianne, and Doran. I loved the session on Saturday, and I have a question. I've seen a huge difference in some of my pupils since using passive SOVT. It's smoothed out transitions and helped with any unwanted breathiness. Great. 
I'd like to know if there is ever a time when it wouldn't be advisable to sing through a straw. I know we discussed Parkinson's briefly, but I wondered if there was anything else we should be aware of. Many thanks. I'm really looking forward to the podcasts and part two of SOVT. Thank and we you, did not prime Jackie to do that. <laughs> uh, Jackie Harrison is one of our, our vocal process accredited trainers. Yep. And she's also worked with you before, Oren, hasn't she? She's taken your um, your mm. online course. Yes, I've taken your online course. It's very good. Yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah. Um, well. Okay, when, so is there any time that you when, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, when wouldn't be advisable? You advise it? Yeah, so... As a, as a kind of broad spectrum thing, it, SOVT interventions should never replace the... It should never be like you just do SOVT work and you don't, you don't do anything else. Mm. It should always be interweaved with something. So if it's a situation where somebody is just doing straw stuff all the time and never combining it with other stuff, that's a bit of a problem. Mm. So I think always interweave it. But in terms of like the the situations, I think specifically that I would avoid it is... You know, things like if you have a respiratory condition, do these kind of interventions in consultation with whoever your caregiver is and yes. make sure they approve that it is safe for you to do so. Yes. If you have any kind of vocal injury, do the same work with your um, your caregiving team to build these interventions if that is something they think is appropriate for you. I think it's just very much about knowing when it's okay to just stop and consult somebody if that is if that is the case of some kind of medical illness or um issue for for kind of like the normal kind of person that is just generally kind of practicing and, and trying to build their voice and that kind of thing um for me it it is very much again task dependent mm. If the task warrants and is complemented by a straw phonation intervention, then great. If it's going to have no effect and it's just not going to be useful or having the additional back pressure um, is going to confuse somebody's ability to be to proprioceptively be aware of what's going on in their body, don't do them. Um, so, that, yeah, it, it's a tricky. There's a lot of components to mm. What's relatively a simple question, actually. Mm. Yeah. It's um, very interesting. I'd like to chip in here. Mm. Uh, I certainly um, had one client who uh, eventually was diagnosed with a cyst. And once we knew she mm -hmm. was diagnosed, um, what I wanted to do, uh, because I have a good knowledge of vocal function, was just improve her voice use generally before she mm -hmm. had the um, before she had the operation and... I did check with a speech therapist about whether it was appropriate to work with anyone at mm -hmm. all preoperatively, and, and she said yes. And we did try straw phonation, and she wasn't comfortable with it. However, mm -hmm. doing the active SOVT with the puffy cheeks and a very slightly breathy sound worked mm -hmm. really well for her, and she was able to go on and finish her degree. She's had the operation, mm. and she's recovered really nicely. Mm. So that's one share. I know we mentioned um, mm -hmm. we mentioned Parkinson's very briefly mm. on the, the the course, and and we are not uh, Parkinson's experts by any means. I had a look on the Parkinson's website, uh, and I can put the link in the show notes. 
Um, and with, when they talk about straws, they tend to talk about straws being used for drinking. And mm-hmm. on some Parkinson's patients, they are actually recommended, but there is a, a sort of proviso. Mm-hmm. And it says, be wary of straws. Straws are useful when someone has severe tremors or dyskinesias, but can put too much liquid too far back into the mouth too quickly before the airway mm-hmm. has a chance to close. Try to keep the straw only at the front of your tongue. Now, this is for drinking so it's very yeah. much the inhalatory or in in whatever it is ingesting mm. yes. um stuff uh, if we have a neural functioning problem well this is the thing yeah. this this uh, just reading a bit about it there are two things that i picked up from from the website one is that uh, the swallowing muscles start to um not react as you want want them to mm-hmm. and the other is that you start to lose sensation Mm. In there, and both of those for me are little warning signs about using uh, the passive mm-hmm. SOVT, but it doesn't mean that the active SOVT, which mm-hmm. is voice fricatives and stuff like that, are um, problematic. I think um, it would be yeah. great if we could hear from uh, Nicola Woodenbach Absolutely, about this because yes. she is some um, part of the Sing mm. to Beat organization. So uh, do do give us some comments, um, Nicola. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Um, I just want to pick up on two things that Jackie said, because I think it'd be very helpful for people who are working with teenage girls, because I know a lot of uh, Jackie's clients are in that bracket. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's smoothed out transitions. Now, Mm -hmm. something that I found out from one of my uh, speech therapy friends is that um, using straws and bubbles actually helps to... uh, release uh, vocal fold pressing and just to allow the cricothyroid mechanism to kick in so that as we go through the transition, it can happen more smoothly. Mm-hmm. So um, she was advising me with a particular client, oh, do straws and bubbles because then their CT mechanism will kick in. So that's mm-hmm. a kind of a byproduct I've heard about. That might be why the transitions got smoothed and unwanted breathiness. Now, mm-hmm. I've used that in masterclasses. I think with uh, one of the girls in our um, Mastering Musical Theatre, and I did something in Aotus, and they were quite yes. young girls. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was working with a girl who was singing um, César Franck's uh, Panis Angelicus, and I think she was about 12 or 13, nice little singer. Mm-hmm. But you could hear air escaping all the time. And, of course, the poor girl was running out of breath. Mm. And I, I took a bit of a risk, and I think I used quite a narrow straw. It might have been a five millimeter in water, mm. and just you know, aiming for it to be nice and smooth. And do you know what? Then, then we took it out of the water, and she sang it, vocal folds together, mm. nice sound. Yeah. So, um, have you had other people say that they've had good results with that? Yeah, absolutely. For breathiness, I think it's it's wonderful. And it this is really interesting because actually you've had very possibly the opposite result from what you would have expected from the type of straw configuration that you were using. Mm-hmm. I did um a couple of months ago now, uh Tietze did a kind of like workshop lecture type thing. And for us it it was something ridiculous. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Um, but I, I did it and it was fantastic. And one of the things he was talking about was for breathiness in particular, it might be more beneficial to use a slightly uh, wider, less resistant straw to match the glottal impedance 
that the breathiness is uh, uh, as a result of. Um, because if if you overload to begin with, sure, you're going to be probably pushing and pulling and bringing things back into alignment, mm. but there's still that mismatch of um, back pressure versus glottal impedance, which might need to be managed first to uh, to fix that and then start building in the kind of... Uh, we'll go back to the more athletic side of that kind of um, training, so, which is interesting. Mm. So what we're saying is that because in terms of glottal impedance, we haven't got very efficient closure, mm-hmm. rather than overloading it with something external. Yeah, well, so Tita basically... I'm because this worked so well, and I've done it several times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so what what was kind of uh, generated as a result of those discussions mm. within the workshop was, uh, Tita believed at least, on breathier sounds there is less glottal impedance sure um which means if we're using a straw that matches that glottal impedance at the lower level which would be a wider narrower straw we're optimizing that system initially so we're matching and then you can start incrementing to higher resistances just to bring things to where you want them to be Mm. Um, but initially, when you match that lower uh, resistance setting, you're still going to be getting the the efficiency of, of closure as a result of some back pressure yeah. um, above. I just thought it was super interesting, and Ooh, it's it's a really cool application. To play with. Yeah, for sure. Okay, lovely. Um, I want to. This is very interesting because there's a sort of underlying thing in several of the questions, and you're sort of saying you keep mentioning this in passing. And I want to okay. really bring it front and centre, which is task-specific. Mm. Yeah, okay. Because something that's underlying the questions that I'm seeing, and we've got lots of them still to go, um, is what is the ideal thing for this sound? What is the ideal thing for this person? What is the ideal setup? And it seems to me that people are really looking for the perfect balance. And my immediate question is, for We don't have have (laughs) those answers. We will only ever have a set of answers, I think. What do you think, Oren? I completely agree. It it, it would be impossible and it would be a great injustice for us to say, okay, take a wide straw, uh, put it in water, and that is amazing for belting. Don't use this clip out of context. That's not true. <laughs> no. It's an injustice to do it. that. It doesn't no. work. No. No. Yeah. And it this is has to be. You know, we, it we has to be that relationship. Sorry, oh, sorry, in, sorry. In that case, because I actually now that we're <laughs> on Let's this. Let's go to the big voiced singer next. Okay. Frank's yes. question. Frank's, Frank's, Frank's this question. This is relevant to Frank's question. It is. Just bear with me. I've got to find it. That's on speak isn't it? Uh, right, this one. And my third question um, is about classical singers who have quite a heavy voice. I've had one particular case um, uh, here in my own studio where after uh, she had used the Lux Fox bubbling, actually the complete closure of her folds was just gone. It sounded very weak and there was hardly any, any resonance. So something is happening on closure level and uh, I'm just I'm completely lost there so maybe you guys can shine some light on that oh my god thank I've you. just had a thank huge you, aha thank you Franca yeah. but you go first Oren 
Um, I need those bullet points again. <laughs> okay. Um, using the lax vox bubbling. This uh-huh. is a, a classical singer with a heavy voice. Uh-huh. Uh, she did the lax vox bubbling, and then her, she could not close her vocal folds. Completely gone. So there was no closure. She sounded very weak. Go on, go on, Gillian. Go it's on. Just, it's just like Oren said. If she's a classical singer with a heavy voice, she's going to have very efficient glottal impedance. Yeah. And suddenly um, she's introduced into uh, lax vox, which is great for relaxation yeah. for a singer in that situation. Yeah. Um, as an experienced singer, she would have tried to... Um, replicate the sensation that she normally Mm -hmm. has blowing down that wider tube getting this massive Mm -hmm. um massive sort of back pressure feedback and it would have caused the vocal folds to be more Mm -hmm. open yeah Uh, i actually i'm not going to demonstrate it now i actually tried it with an aria and i was so uncomfortable doing it um and i want to come back to something that we said earlier which is i say get the balance with the straw right first and then sing yes because if you try and maintain your singing Mm -hmm. while you sing down the straw you're messing things up Mm -hmm. i mean my other thought was this, which is that you the straw in water, it actually changes the acoustic environment that the singer is used to. Yeah, and, you know, we get this feedback loop, don't we, from the um, auditory cortex. And an experienced singer is very used to working with that. She would have been trying to replicate the same feeling. Yeah. And that yeah. would have given that uh, overload that you've just described so well yes. via Tutsa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Advice would be, uh, Franca, for her, maybe get her to do a little messa di voce on different straws to find out what feels like mm-hmm. the right impedance and if it's any use to her. Um, maybe sing like humming to yourself and then vocalising mm-hmm. down the straw like that and then building the volume bit by bit. That's how I would experiment if I wanted to use straws to maximise the efficiency of mm-hmm. a singer in that situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't need, I'm, I don't need to be here anymore. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've got nothing to add. No. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's really good. You've fired uh, us up. Totally fired SOVT, the workshop part two. That's all you guys. I don't need to- <laughs> no, it's really good. And I think just coming on t- onto that as well, I probably wouldn't do uh, any water-based exercises with this particular setup, um, well, setup person. I would work more on having the DC consistent loading. I would definitely play about with the material properties of the straw that you're working with. Mm. If it's if it's the the kind of resonance and the acoustic stuff that is a big feedback for this person, it probably would be more beneficial to work with a device that is going to allow those sounds to propagate. Again, the lax vox in the water isn't going to allow that. Something like a, a, a shiny plastic or a stainless steel will, which might give those auditory cues back, which would trick the body into going, oh, yeah, no, I'm used to this now. This is fine. Mm. So... Um, Yes, play about with it, I think. And I think mm. the other thing, I mean, I, I'm so interested now about um, what you said with regard to Tietze. But, mm. you know, one of the exercises that you, you showed us in the workshop is very simple, really, which is you breathe out mm-hmm. and then you breathe out into the straw. 
and then you uh, you breathe out and you vocalize and then you breathe out and you vocalize into the straw whenever you blow into the straw it is not exactly the same as without the straw mm-hmm. so um i th- that seems to me like a real SOVT 101. I think it's... We it's, shouldn't be aiming to feel exactly the same. The The point of the passive resistance is to give us feedback, isn't it? Is that to rebalance? Yes, it's interesting. Some things you want to be feeling the same or similar. Some, some things are impossible to feel in the same way. Mm. The The effects of the, the, the environment induced by the, the pressure is basically impossible to replicate without having that pressure system there causing those expanse the expansions of, of the vocal tract spaces and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, sure, you can get a likeness for it. I don't think we have enough anatomical control of the of the the, the mechanisms that we need to really feel the expansion that you feel when you have uh, this pressure system. However. Things like um, the efficiency or, or the sensation of what's happening in the lungs and the efforts and energies you're you're putting into those sounds, I think, are very replicable. And um, the abdominal wall, which mm, many sure. of us worried about, mm. actually, that's a positive, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think because um, it was something that we said very early on on Saturday um, – the any SOVT technique, any any at all, will give you feedback, mm. it, but it won't do the job for you. There is still yes. an active thing that you need to do, which is to pay attention and change what you do. Yeah, and I think people are relying too much on I'm singing down a straw and therefore it will solve all my problems for me. It'll go and make the tea. It will give me a winning lottery ticket. <laughs> um, and I don't think it happens like that. I know it doesn't happen like that because I haven't got my winning lottery ticket yet. <laughs> I must be doing it wrong. Um, it's more about you get the feedback. It's a brilliant feedback tool. Brilliant. Mm. And also when you're doing straws in water, that's a brilliant visual feedback tool. It's also a very useful therapeutic tool yeah. because of the massage effect. And there is something that you – when you're when we're talking about rebalancing what you're doing in whatever genre you are in, in whatever vocal fold mode you are in, anything like that, it's still up to you to pay attention consciously mm. and then change as necessary. And usually the change is back off a bit. Because um, actually your vocal folds are now working more efficiently and you don't need to work that hard. Listen to your proprioceptors. Yes, mm. those that you have, yes. Well, should we go to another speak pipe, which is Carrie's question? Which one is this? The first one? Yeah. Yes. This is... Um, okay, yeah. Well, we're having fun, Oren. I hope you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. This is Carrie Birmingham. Hi there, Gillian, Jeremy and Oren. Uh, this is Carrie. I really enjoyed Saturday's session on the SOVT straw and looking at all the research behind it from the modelling that Oren has been doing. Um, yes, I was interested in finding out more about everyone's opinion working with the SOVT and straw exercises for M2, so in a thinner vocal setup. 
And just as uh, within a lot of the different practices I've seen with straws in recent years, I've uh, often come across many practitioners or coaches saying that they don't feel it's as beneficial for the thinner muscle position. So it'd be great to know how, as teachers, we can maybe access this part of the voice more easily with the use of straws. Thank you. Okay. So she's talking about going into mechanism two, which we can loosely call falsetto um, or head I, voice in female yes, voice. I just want to unpack this one because I think there's something quite interesting in there. Mm. Um, we have a take on M1 and M2. We do workshops on M1 and M2. And for us, um, M1 modal is the vocal fold, all the layers are vibrating together, and particularly the muscle is switched on and the muscle is active. In vibration. In vibration. In M2, the muscle switches off and is therefore not part of the vibration, and it's just the upper layers. And interestingly, you can have an adducted M2, which is a clear M2, and you can have an abducted M2, which is a breathy M2. And the same with M1. And the same with M1. And that's Christian Herbst work, yep. isn't it? So in a way, she's almost saying two things in this question. I am going to go with our position, which is it's not a thinner muscle position. It's actually a position where the muscle is switched off. I think the clearer yeah. thing, the clearest thing that she said... Um, was that she was talking about M2. M2. She did specify it was M2. Yep. Do you want to um, pitch in there, Oren, uh, anything that you've found, anything that's been said in the research? Yeah. What's interesting is I there's a couple, there's two components to this in a way. It's, it's the, do the people that are teaching this have a good enough understanding of what's going on and has that fed back to her um, in in kind of the phrasing of the question, or is it well? And is it um, you know? There's there is obviously that some exp- exploration to be done of the the efficiencies of the technique for the mechanism that she's specifically targeting. I think I don't see any reason why SOVT interventions aren't beneficial for m2 mm. um it if you think about what's happening in terms of how air and the pressures and everything is rebalancing there's no reason why we can't rebalance in whatever state the vocal folds are in um and again i suppose that comes back down to its task dependent it is um and you just find a configuration that works for that what a good benefit of sovt obviously is to um, to push and pull and to bring the top into alignment. And so, sure, that's going to be pretty beneficial here. Mm. So then uh, that kind of then goes back to, I think, potentially it's an issue with that kind of tertiary knowledge of maybe these teachers that this has been passed down through don't quite understand how to use these techniques in relation to I've got to be very careful. The task, <laughs> I don't have to be careful. I really don't. You don't have to be careful much. with us. You don't. Because to, to be quite honest, uh, I'm on the same page. Me too. If yeah. they don't understand the vocal function, they're not yeah. going to be able to purpose the straw to the task. And that's exactly. my guess, is yeah. that this is, the, um, this is a thing. I mean, I have not found that um, uh, you can't use straws um, to optimize mechanism two Mm. the only thing i would say is if the mechanism mechanism two um is very abducted then that 
could be an issue. Um, mm. we, we know that in mechanism two that we still do get a bottom to top action if we're mm. adducted. And therefore, I can't see any reason why um, straw phonation wouldn't improve that. Mm. Mm. Um, Me too. And because certainly I've, I've found in practice, as we just discussed with uh, Jackie's mm-hmm. question, that if the M2 is a bit abducted, if you get the right uh, width of straw yeah, and back pressure, exactly. then it will help you to adduct. And likewise, mm. if you're doing a gent- very gentle M1, if you're doing a very fine, neat, gentle M1, then that's you know SFET is still going to work for that. It's task-related. So mm-hmm. if you want uh, an exercise that will give you very, very strong, clear you know, heavy duty M1, mm-hmm. then do an exercise for that and get that balance. Mm-hmm. And if you want a, a much finer, neater, slightly higher up the range, very clear M1, do an exercise for that. And if you want to go into a clear M2, do an exercise for that. Yeah. I think it's the idea that, you know, one exercise fits everything. And you know, our byline by is one size doesn't fit all. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the same. It's exactly this task related thing. For sure. I think it's also. Um SOVT exercises and interventions don't force a change in vibration. It's not going to change the mechanism, the way the vocal folds are vibrating. What it's going to do instead is create efficiencies within that whole process. <laughs> I, I have just flashed Oren a wow card because I have been saying this for yeah. ages, which is the SOVT stuff will have impact on how the vocal folds meet. It will have impact on back yeah. pressure. It will have impact on flow, but it won't have impact on the way your vocal folds vibrate, the mode you're in. It's not changing That's a the choice. Input. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's changing the output, but not the input. Thank you. you say? Yeah. That, yeah. 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 So yeah. you've got to understand vocal function. So in a way, Carrie, um, the short answer to that question is, I don't know why that would be, because we have not found this. No, not at all. Mm. Yeah. I hope that helps. Yes. Okay. Now, I'm just um, conscious that Oren has to disappear <laughs> at three, and we could be That's all right. enjoying Ooh. ourselves for ages. But what should we I'd like to. Next? I'd like to do Lorraine's. Um, Lorraine sent us a very, very long question. It was nearly three minutes long, so I have edited it. Apologies, Lorraine. Sorry, Lorraine. Lorraine. But um, this, <laughs> Time is limited. This is the shorter version. Hi, Lorraine Morley here. How is best to use this straw? Um, do you use it like Dizzy Gillespie uses the trumpet and get as much air into your cheeks or into your mouth cavity as possible, therefore reducing the lower muscle activities? Um or do you, you know, it looks as if it works if you use thoracic breathing or, you know, um, accent type breathing, uh, so lower abdominals, obliques, intercostals. Um, how is it best to get that diaphragm sort of doing what you want it to um, on the right effort levels? Is it more about what's going on at the larynx level and therefore? Do we not put so much effort into it? There you go. So I think to summarise, she's asking how can it impact on breath management? Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, interestingly, because if, if you've ever seen images of Diz- Dizzy Gillespie playing the guitar, the cheeks are out like very thin balloons. I mean, they <laughs> are mean literally... Trumpet, Jeremy. Trumpet. Yeah. I was going to say bassoon. <laughs> I said bassoon, didn't no, I? Guitar. Said guitar. Oh, I'm, I'm, guitar. Obviously, I'm not listening to myself when I'm talking. <laughs> we, need, we need a tea break. That's a terrible that, admission for a podcast that, host. That was, that was I'm a just corker. not listening to myself. That was a call. Um, so when he plays the trumpet, you, you see the cheeks come out like really thin balloons, and they are out three or four inches. I mean, they're huge. And so the question is, first of all, is that what we're supposed to be doing? Yes and no. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's the same with the puffy cheeks. Like, you can do uh, puffy cheeks without a straw, as we even spoke about earlier. You can do puffy cheeks with a straw. I personally don't find puffy cheeks with a straw... I, I I just hate it for me personally because it's very hard. You have to have a consistent flow rate. Yeah. Um, there is no way of stopping that flow because obviously you're puffing up the cheeks. You're creating that pressurization, which is encouraging this flow. And because there is a hole, the air is always going to move through. Mm. So for me personally, I don't enjoy it. I, I know several... Uh, trainers that use puffy cheeks with SOVT. I know several students and clients that use puffy cheeks with SOVT and it's great for them. It So that is one of those, if it works for you and if you find it useful kind of things. Um, I've had feedback that doing the puffy cheeks is great for um, kind of relaxing everything and getting rid of potentially some tensions that you might otherwise have. Again, I don't experience that. So it's very this very much this um experiential kind of thing at least in the puffy cheek side of things mm. i can't imagine using puffy cheeks and a straw out of water in water with something like the dr vox yes i often do find yeah. that i'm just thinking about i know no that's that's i know when not i do it for me yeah See, I, I have done it before where I've had the puffy cheeks and I've been able to get a little bit higher than I might ah, have expected. Okay. But I think it's to do with the way we're now repressurizing and balancing things. Mm. It, it's, yes, we're creating a back pressure here, but we're also creating a forward pressure yeah. in the cheeks, which is then impacting on the back pressure. I personally don't know enough about it to comment more than that because i just don't like it so using um, active and passive forms together that's yeah. that's the push yeah. me pull you and my thought is why bother yeah. why not just stop doing both of them you need and, jolly good breath control re-balance. to do it i can the, tell you that the yeah. interesting thing about the dizzy gillespie thing is is that as a trumpeter you actually have vibrating lips in order to make the sound so you are making mm. a raspberry down down the trumpet and therefore you have on off on off on off on off mm. um and also if you're going to play really high there's a lot of lot of back pressure because your lips are so tight and i mm. think that's the reason that the cheeks came up i know when i played the oboe my neck used to swell up for a similar mm. reason um i have to say i don't understand why you would do that but mm. i'm i don't teach that so if anybody term. listening uses it yeah. i mean you know interact with us they can they put comments on on the podcast um the youtube channel certainly yeah. uh i think on apple podcasts you can do reviews yeah. Prefer- basically or send us an email let or, us know yeah, let us know, you know let us we know want, yeah. we want to know and then with the second bit of it um mm. which was uh how the, is the emphasis on breathing or is the emphasis on larynx level 
And how do you kick all of these muscles in? Well, it depends what you want to do. If you want to focus on getting a good awareness and training of breathing, then absolutely you can do it unvoiced and you can work through breathing stuff. Mm. But I, I think the best things for that are those bursts of breath. Mm. They kind of... Well, you can probably hear my squeaky chair squeaking as I do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, four little short bursts of air one after another. Yeah. You can. I, I like to do four short breaths um, and then two sustains so you can kind of feel the difference. Nice. And it, it's a heightened awareness of yes. everything happening kind of here downwards. Yeah. Um, so I think for breathing and for being very aware of how the systems and muscles move, it is a fantastic awareness thing mm. when you do it um, without sound. When you add the sound, I think it then probably becomes a bit more of a combination with potentially more of an awareness towards the larynx level. Um, but there, yeah, there's no reason why you can't do both or interchange or work exclusively depending on what you're hoping to feel and achieve. I'm right back on the task again. It's everything. Is, it's right always task, it. task, task. Because, I mean, just, just with the ones that you've demonstrated, if I do, um, I'll use the little one. If I do with the, with the air blasts and I can really feel my abdominal wall kicking in and I can feel pressure up here. If I then add voice, that's way too much pressure for my voice. Yes. Way too much. But if yes. you're wanting to activate, you know, a bit of, of abdominal work, then it could be useful. Also, remember blowing into water because mm. you can see those mm. bubbles. Exactly. If you do intermittent bubbles and then one long bubble. Mm. Exactly. Th that's a very good way to train the breathing yeah. muscles, for want of a better word. The other thing yeah. is, I mean, if you, as a singer, it depends on what style you sing in. Um, and mm. therefore what you want your sound to do and what you want your breath capacity to do. And mm. I mean, if you're singing Bellini arias um, or Handel arias where the breath control is immense mm. and you have to sing extremely long phrases very, very smoothly, then you're going to want to work on the hold back muscles. Mm. Um, if you're doing, you know, short belty bursts, then you're not going to want to hold back. So it's, you know, what, what sound do you want to make? What's the situation? How long's the phrase? What's, what's the music style? It's still context specific. Mm. So yep. Lorraine, I hope you've got some pointers there that you can use with um, your students and your singers, your yes. choir singers. So um, I'm just going to crack the whip because <laughs> I, know, I know we could talk more. Um, I wondered... Could we each do a top tip about SOVT? What would yours be, Oren? Um, I mean, it's going to be really annoying for me to repeat this, but focus on the blimmin' task in front of you. Damn, you've taken mine. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be mine. Okay, and mine is really very similar to something you said earlier, which is, do it without the straw, do it with the straw, yeah. purpose and exercise around that task, without yeah. the straw, with the straw, in water, out of water, make a note of it. Make a yeah. note of what happens, get feedback from the student. I'm going to take both of yours and say, whatever you do, do it consciously. Mm. Um, basically pay attention to any changes that you feel, any differences that you feel, any rebalances that you feel, and then make some decisions. 
Mm. See, mine seems overly aggressive now in comparison to those, but it's passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. No, I would have worded it exactly like that, but you took the words out of my mouth. You're absolutely right, because the thing is, it's it's inevitable. You know, people have this thing and and it's so exciting and, Mm. you know, we all know about it now. Mm. And actually what we want to know next is what are we going to do with it? And I'm afraid it's inevitable that people want something concrete. specific, fixed, concrete yeah. that they can rely on. Yeah, this and, combination does this thing. And good on yeah. them for wanting to do the right thing yes. by their students. Um, but the truth is that uh, singing is a lot more varied than that. Well, in yes. order to do the right thing by their students, they have to experiment. Because you have to work with the person in front of you. You have to work with the person in the room. That's what singing teaching is all about. It is. Using your ears and your eyes. Absolutely, it is. um, And listening to what your student has to say about their experience. Okay, little promos. Oren, you know, you um, have... A product, obviously, which we've talked about a lot today. You have the and, online, and well, you have the SAVT Straw. Course. Do you want to just quickly tell us? So SAVT Straw and your online course. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the SAVT Straw, we've demoed it quite a bit today. It's basically just a variable resistance device um, that has, I'm saying loosely, a minimum of 12 settings because actually it's it's infinitely variable anywhere in between, mm-hmm. but it's like 12 that you can accurately go, okay, this is here and it's reliable each time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a little bit of, it's my it's been my baby lately. Um, and it's there's some cool things to come. We're just getting set to release some brand new attachments mm-hmm. that are going to change the functionality uh, to offer even more variety for whatever task you might want to do with it. Um, and then obviously the uh, streaming course that is it's a standalone piece, but it, they're quite complementary to each other. Uh, but it's about two and a half hours long, and it kind of goes into a lot of the sciencey detail relating to straw phonation and what well, SOVT in general. Um, and I'm getting set to release a, a pretty big update to it. I'm kind of going to go and refilm some stuff, expand on some of the things I've spoken about with the new research that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and we've got... Our featured resource today is the SOVT workshop that we've just done, which we're going to be doing again. Uh, uh, we've got a date. 28th of February. 28th of February. I think it's the last day of February. I don't think it's an, a leap year next yeah, year. 2021. So it's a Sunday. Yep. And our, our usual time is 10am to 12 noon. 10am um, to 12 noon. GMT. British time. So it's a it's a two hour session. Oren will be our guest tutor on that Absolutely. together with us, yeah. and um, we'll interrupt, try yes. and stop us. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll be working on practical as well as just understanding enough of the theory that we know how to purpose exercises. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, looking forward to that, and uh, thank you, Oren. That's been brilliant. Mm. Thank you for having me back again to talk about all these cool, oh, nerdy, sciencey things. Very good. Well, it's good. a pleasure, and I think lots of people will really enjoy this podcast. Yes. So. so thank you very much, and we'll see you for the next one. Okay, here comes the jingle. This is a voice a podcast with Dr Gillian Kays and Jeremy Fisher.